I didn't see you there. I'm Mark. I'm. <laughs> and today we're gonna talk. We're going. Today we're gonna talk about uh, a movie that was oh, oh just, just just it was uh, it was a is it is it a treat or was it a uh, it was a rage dump for me. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it was an experiment in poor storytelling. So uh, I'll just tell you the name of it. The Tracker, right? Yeah. yeah the Tracker. It was, a- uh, it was 2019, I think. Uh, uh, or 2020, and it was starring Dolph Lundgren. And, uh, and uh, nobody else. But uh, anyway, uh, there's there, there's kind of a lot I do want to talk about yeah. this, so we'll, uh, let's get started. I, I don't know if we should give a spoiler warning, because I'm not really sure I know what happened. Well, I, it's funny, because I was just going to mention that uh, it usually falls on you to give a recap yeah. of the movies, so uh, good luck. Go ahead and do it. Uh oh. All right, so the 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 movie opens up with uh, uh, you know, Dolph Lundgren. Well, no, it doesn't open up with Dolph Lundgren at all. It actually opens up with a uh, with a little with a little boy, young Dolph Lundgren, supposedly. Yeah. And uh, it says, you know, Northern Europe, 1968 or 1963. The font for these uh, dates and times were tiny. I had to lean forward, and we have a we have a pretty decent sized telly. Uh, and so, <laughs> I. And anyway, anyway, it says like this, uh, this date. And meanwhile, they they look like they're dressed like paupers from 1902. Like if you've ever seen Eight Men Out, uh, the uh, the story about um, the the 19 I think 12 Black Sox scandal or 1917 like yeah what uh you know the Red Sox scandal wherever it was uh you know where they cheated at baseball like he looks like one of the kids from that movie you it, know like say it ain't so Joe yeah just they look like yeah you know, the kid looks like a newsie. <laughs> and uh, you know the, uh, the the father looks like he just got back from uh, you know a, a union bust. <laughs> so in uh, any anyway, like it shows them uh, hunting, y- I guess. hunting. Like he's teaching them how you know he's teaching the little uh, tiny Dolph Lundgren how to you know how to be a tracker. It's not a hunter. No, yeah, there's a difference. You know, there's a difference. You're both tracker hunter and victim or yeah, something something like that, something yeah. like that you which have to didn't understand your prey yeah. in order to kill it properly yeah and uh from there it, it kind of it goes uh, you know it goes ahead a few years to modern or no it was a 2000 it was like 2012 or something like that yeah something like that and it, it it's Dolph Lundgren just kind of you know lumbering about like the, like a frankenstein at you know during a party <laughs> like after the tracking sequence of yeah. you know, them showing how to hunt as a kid, the movie gets so... Disjointed? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Like, the, the easiest thing to follow is the father teaching the son how to track. Yeah, like, like that that was straightforward. It was the, probably the best uh, five minutes of the movie. Yeah, uh, that's saying and, something. And uh, Dolph Lundgren, like I said, he's looming around, and like his wife and his daughter... Run away for some reason, or they're kidnapped, or something uh, like that. They're taken away, uh, and like uh, you know, Dolph Lundgren stomps after them, and, and, and he, then they're taken in a car, and he's following them. But then there's points where he's kind of standing around. Yeah, uh, there uh, there comes a point where like the car with the kidnappers just kind of stop. Yeah. And they're like just you know I guess uh, taking a leak or something I don't know. It's and Dolph Lundgren's just sitting there like watching them like you know now might be a good chance for you to. Yeah, you know, to to make your move and and, and rescue them. Like, like maybe they just like filmed a SAG movie break, like that. <laughs> a a uh, like a union. Yeah, they uh, had to take the yeah, break. Yeah, they had to take the break, and the uh, yeah, the camera operator just thought, 
or the director thought, you know, I'm just going to at least film this portion. Like, listen, we we it, we need to make it to an hour thirty, which they didn't even. It, it was no. an hour and twenty seven. And uh, there was at least oh, uh, oh, I'll get to that. But uh, the uh, then then there's some old man chained up. And he escapes from and his escapes, prison, and then there was people shooting at him, and that. I don't think has anything to do with Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, they just kind of... Uh, they, they, they shoot at him, and I think he dies. And then uh, Dolph's wife, like, takes her uh, her burlap sack hat off, and uh, or her burlap... Uh, hood. Hood. And uh, the, the person keeps on trying to put it back on her, but instead just suffocates her, and she dies. And presumably the little girl dies too, but she dies off camera. Yeah, they, they couldn't show that, I guess. Yeah. She died of heartbreak, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> like her pony died earlier that day. Like, like flash forward another ten years or something like that, and Dolph Lundgren's back in the town, and, uh... Yeah. And then I don't know what happens, and he's... Uh, he kind of... There's like this... this well, it's just a... Crime s- boss named Lupo. Yeah. And it's just a series of scenes where Dolph Lundgren's just kind of stomping about uh, southern Italy, uh, you know, getting lost. Yeah, and and then he finds his way to the like their evil villa, I guess. Yeah. Which I it, I don't understand how it was so hard to find their villa in the first place because a it's a giant villa. Yeah. And b there's a bunch of guys with. Ski masks. Yeah, ski masks on, just wandering, you know, guarding the place outside with yeah. you know, assault rifles. Like, yeah, this is probably a bad guy's <laughs> fortress. <laughs> and it, meanwhile, there's this you know, other subplot where there's uh, a, a policeman investigating, I think, the the murder of Dolph Lundgren's family. Yeah, there's or, a new cop or, on the beat kind of thing, yeah, detective. And uh, he, he's new to the area. And I think he has an American wife, and no. she's. What, what, was she not? She, American? Was, she was definitely not American. She had hey. a weird accent. Too. Oh, did she? I, I missed it. Like, we, we were we were bickering over this movie yeah. the entire time. The little ones need your help. Okay. I don't know who that was. <laughs> I, oh. I, 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 it was. It sounds like a bad impression of uh, of someone's uh, some like random celebrity yeah, it's like the the backwards talking scene from Twin Peaks yeah <laughs> don't eat the clues <laughs> and yeah the and, and he's kind of investigating uh you know what's going on and there might be these cops in on the take but it's kind of kind of not really well established yeah. and then there's this fat guy who just keeps on inviting people to his apartment yeah. to show him conspiracy theories? Yeah, like he, like he's shown, like he's shown several people, like this, this, uh, uh, this conspiracy board where where there's like the it's your typical yeah. map with the lines and strings, uh, strings. everywhere, yeah, the pictures of people. So, honestly, I know I know it sounds like we're just rambling. Uh, with this movie, but that is literally like the movie. The movie like, is a rambling story. Like we. we I, I like to think we, you know, we, we would have. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I can't make heads or tails of what's going on. And then uh, there's just a point where Dolph Lundgren's, you know, you know, Frankensteining through the woods and, and you know, looking through his scope at people and then just sleeping. Yeah, he just takes a nap. And uh, I, and I, then he finds the villa. Yeah, like I, I don't know if Dolph Lundgren was just showing his age because he takes a lot of breathers in this movie. Yeah, he he is. Oh, actually, uh, Alexa, how old is Dolph Lundgren? 
Dolph Lundgren is 63 years old. So yeah, yeah he's there. On November 3rd, 1957. Yeah, that's so fair. yeah, he's not. He's no spring chicken. You know what? No, I don't want to hear it. If Dick Van Dyke can still dance yeah, around on stage at 98 years old yeah. without taking a break, and then friggin' uh, Dolph, then the Russian yeah. from Rocky IV can do the same thing. Uh, look, he, yeah, he's paying for all those uh, injections that he was uh, <laughs> that he he was getting in his in, the, in, in his Rocky early IV, years. Yeah, like uh, you know, back when they were hooking him up, hooking him up to the machines. Like there was there was actually uh, you know there was like six different needles that injected him at once <laughs> in those machines. It was it was amazing. It was a thing of beauty. Um, it was efficient. It was like it was like the Bane from the Batman and Robin movie where they had just constant. Uh, <laughs> Just tubes. Yeah, just running into him. But you know what? He almost beat Rocky, you know. Yeah. I guess that's good. Yeah. So, alright. So let's talk about this movie now. Uh, like, we, we're done We're done with the rambling nonsense. Uh, I, 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 where do we Where do we begin? I have a few I, things I want to begin with. Alright, go ahead. Um, because in the middle of watching this, uh, I picked this movie specifically because I was kind of looking for a bad action movie because we were watching uh for for the podcast we've watched uh quite a bit of string of decent movies for the last yeah. couple of uh time. even cats even cats was a decent movie like we haven't uh. seen a really bad stinker in a long time yeah and it, it was it was time to give you guys a stinker again we yeah yeah we 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 owe it to you yeah <laughs> and uh so yeah so like there are a few things I want to address, uh, mainly, and yeah. there are, and I have a few answers to them. So, like the main question, I know I usually ask this for horror movies, but I'm gonna ask for this: What could How, we do? Yeah, better? what could you do to make this movie a little bit better? Aside from the obvious, like you know, maybe tell a coherent story. Uh, That's given. It, it, it's it, it's really hard to say because. In order to improve upon a story, I have to know what the story is. Uh, <laughs> so uh, define motivations, and you know. yeah, like it's obviously a a a revenge movie. Yeah, and he's kind of going after this group of people that are somehow responsible for for the death of his family. Yeah, uh, I would say an alien invasion. <laughs> I, I, uh, I have a few ideas that might, okay. that might make this a little bit better, and. Oddly enough, like it, it starts with uh, the bare basics, which is we know the bad guy's name is Lupo because yeah. we were making fun of it the entire movie. Yeah, <laughs> we did. Um, but other than the fact that he accidentally killed his wife, like, do you know anything about this villain? Is he? There's nothing uh, that makes him memorable. There's hey. no moment where hero and bad guy are, you know, kind of meeting up at any point. Not, not really. He kind of finds him and finds him in passing and like. He finds yeah. him by accident, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know Lupo and him kind of, you know Lupo just kind of begs, and uh, then you know one of uh, Lupo's shot. yeah he begs and then gets shot, and uh, you know pretty you know pretty anticlimactic anticlimactic in terms of a villain death, but you know that being said we don't really know what he was a villain of like it, supposedly there's drugs involved yeah and we albanians. saw some drug yeah we saw some drugs and we saw some uh some albanians yeah um but we didn't know like other than just i'm a drug guy and i like to do drug things there yeah. is there's really no nothing that really like connects us with the villain in any way shape or form he's not even an effective just being a bad guy but right. i think i have an idea that might have made him 
more interesting. Go on. So in this movie, he has a sidekick who's a woman who looks like Wednesday oh, yeah. Adams. Yeah, little Wednesday Adams. And uh, she's, you know, she's far younger than him, but I guess there's some sort of, you know, romantic relationship. I, know, I think I, they I, kiss a few times. Oh, did they? I yeah. think, I, I think so. Yeah, they might, kiss, have been, uh, might have been a kiss on the cheek of uh, friendship. You never know. I, I kind of assumed it was a father-daughter relationship. But that kind of brings me to my next thing. It would be far more interesting if the this daughter character, this mm-hmm. Wednesday Adams was Dolph Lundgren's daughter from earlier in the movie. Interesting. Like, he took her in, kind of brainwashed her, and so there's much more emotion, like, well, shit, can I kill her now? Because she's trying to kill me. Yeah, like... Like, like, she's lost all her humanity, you know? Yeah, she's been, you know, she needs a significant deprogramming, because she was, like, uh, she was maybe seven, eight? Yeah, so, but, like, it's been ten years or so where she's been, you know, trapped in there, and... You know, she probably has, like, some massive Stockholm Syndrome uh, you know, psychoses going on. And, you know, there'd be a couple interesting things. Like, you wouldn't, maybe, maybe not for, maybe he encounters her a few times, you know, with the bad guy, and a bad guy uses this to his advantage. Yeah. And he's like, well, fuck, I can't kill her. And it allows the bad guy to get away a few times, and the cop that he's helping out, like, maybe the cop in the middle of a shootout kills her. You know, like uh-huh. he does in the movie. Well, now there's an extra layer of tension between him and this cop. And yeah. It's like, you know, because he knows that he did what was right, but at the same time, like, he just killed his daughter. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's heartbreaking. It's crushing. And it's like, that would just... It's not hard. Like, you have this character just... And you didn't ki- show the daughter being killed in any way, shape, or form. Hey. Just, it's a little thing. It's not hard. You don't have to make... There's no money that you need to add to it yeah, to there, make there this was, change. There was no additional... I, that that's that, you know. This is a project where, or a point in a project where you you give off uh, what you've written and give it off to another person for feedback, and they'll usually give you a all right, this is good, but let's hear let's improve upon it here. Yeah. And this was uh, this was either a first, first draft, draft movie or just a uh, a a movie made to launder money somehow. <laughs> it was a front. Yeah. It was kind of like the uh, the Fantastic Four, the Roger Corman one, yeah. where it's like they had to they had to use their Dolph Lundgren or they lose their rights to their Dolph yeah, Lundgren. So, some uh, some Italian filming company uh, has the the official rights of Dolph Lundgren, and they just have to use them every once in a while, or they'll lose them. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, there was like six or seven production companies. Yeah. Like we, there was a shit ton of splash screens. And, like we we started counting them at a certain point. It's like. Uh, Wow, we have another one. This is insane. Yeah. Like, I think, I really think they just made up production companies so that, like, they could add to the runtime of the movie. (laughs) Probably. Like, uh, what else is, uh, uh, Blue Horse Productions. (laughs) That's good. Uh, how about, uh, Football Team Productions? Rock'em Sock'em Productions. Lamp Productions. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, so we have kind of a good way to to improve upon the movie. At least we have a good way to improve upon the villain. Like we can make the villain much more interesting and add some more tension yeah. between him and the hero. So uh, we have that part taken care of. The the other thing is is we don't know who Dolph Lundgren was. Yeah. He was just he was just a guy whose family died. Like we don't we're assuming he I don't know what his job was. Was he a tracker for like the CIA or something? Yeah, I don't know. We don't know. I, I don't know. Like maybe he tracked local deer for 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 lazy hunters. Yeah. He's like, uh, "There's a there's a deer over here." I don't know who that was either. <laughs> that was <laughs> a backward talking about. Gorsh, there's a deer over there. No, the secret of hunting hook is to 
to be the hunter and the prey and the victim. You gotta be the apex predator. <laughs> you gotta hunt off, you gotta pick off the weaker ones because that's the only way that the flock will survive. And you're doing the world a service. <laughs> so, like, and that brings us to the next thing. What can we do to make Dolph Lundgren a more interesting protagonist? It's... Alright, well, we, we've established he's a tracker. I guess, yeah. And, like, the... Yeah, the the stereotype is that he's a former, you know, a military That's what specialist. I'm uh, I, I think we could do better than that somehow, but I have no idea. Well, here's, I guess, what I'm thinking about this is, um, first of all, if you're gonna have a movie called The Tracker and you're yeah. gonna show that, you know, beginning where he's learning how to track, yeah. maybe we should see a scene in the movie or two where he's tracking. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe open up with him. You know, tracking some kind of animal. Like even when he's even when he's hunting down these guys, he's not tracking them. He just wanders around aimlessly and <laughs> finds them. <laughs> finds them by accident. And it's like, well, the movie doesn't doesn't uh, get resolved because of really anything yeah. he did. Like he didn't do anything special. He just showed up. Like I, I guess I can be a good tracker if I look up someone's name in the phone book. It's like that like, old King of the Hill joke where Dale becomes a bounty hunter. Scott, thought you could hide from me, huh? Pointing to the name in the phone book. And it's like, yeah, that is exactly what this movie is about. So I think, and again, this isn't really going to add too much, but I would almost have it be a, um, a an obscure level of tracking to the point where we as an audience don't know what he's doing or what he's finding, but we know that he's doing something. So kind of like he closes his eyes and it's like a daredevil wishing effect where it... it, it you know, it shows a perspective uh, that only he can perceive. Like, he closes his eyes and the camera whooshes through the trees yeah. and, uh, and like, sees guys hiding behind the trees with guns or something like that. Yeah, you know, so, something like, along that, like, al Almost an extrasensory thing. Like, he, you know, we do the... I think he kind of did it when he was showing the old man getting his throat cut. Uh, that was another plot point. Some old guy gets his throat cut. Yeah, we don't know who he, who he is and, and why he dies. But, um, like, kind of doing something like that where... You know, he, he's kind of surrounded, you know, by the people. Like, it, early on, like, a, a team of mercenaries come to kill him, or bad guys come to kill him, and he just shoots them and, you know, takes their gun, and, and yeah. that's it. But, you know, maybe have him, like, sitting outside his, you know, his own house, or, you know, he knows there's something coming, and, yeah, closes his eyes, and he, you know, he almost has, like, this mental picture of the the forest and you whoosh through and you see like maybe a stick bent at an odd angle or yeah. like the grass padded down in one place yeah. or a leaf like you know at an odd angle and then you kind of you know then you can kind of see like he's using that to spot where they are Matt, or I'll go one better it's okay. he, you have that effect where a stick's bent at one angle or and padded down grass here and there and it, it, he has almost a Sherlock Holmes recreation of what occurred there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and again, you don't need to have any special effects. You just have to show maybe a guy stepping on it, like, you know, backwards. Yeah. You know, reverse the footage. People have been able to do that since, like, the 1910s. Yeah. And, like, it kind of comes to a head maybe in that scene or another action scene where, you know, he's doing his thing, he's doing this big fight, and then he just, without looking, just kind of throws a knife, you know, to, like, his right. And just as a guy's about to whoosh around the tree and shoot him yeah. and it hits him, like, almost yeah. like he knew this guy was coming. Mm -hmm. And it's like... Again, that doesn't add anything. That's not a lot of money, but you can just... Oh, wow, this guy's a badass, you know? Yeah. And... It's frustrating. Yeah. It, is, it is definitely frustrating when you... 
it's almost like filmmakers don't actually watch movies. <laughs> it's like they, you know what it is? Uh, uh, again, I really think you might, this might have been some kind of front. Or, you know, yeah, some, there's some... money long. Like, the, you know, the Albanians in the movie were the real Albanians yeah, that were they... delivering the drugs. <laughs> like, they actually filmed the drug... Uh, the drugs uh, were real. Yeah, the drugs were real. They just filmed in their local compound. That was the only way to keep the cops off them. Yeah. Like, if they're filming the... Like, oh, this is for this is for a movie. Like, the, the cops wouldn't ask questions. Yeah, exactly. Like, if they didn't have the cameras rolling, the cops would be suspicious with the Albanians going around, you know. It's like, oh, no, those are, those are stunt Albanians. That's fine. <laughs> Um, well, you know how much it costs to import an Albanian here? <laughs> like, those aren't real. Uh, but, uh, but it's almost like filmmakers nowadays just don't have, at least, you know, for these low-budget movies, yeah. uh, just don't have any kind of imagination. And it's like, and, you know, like, why are you gonna tell us a story that's not worth being told? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is definitely baffling. So, here, here's the question, here's a question I have. Sure. Uh, we saw how they told it. Okay. Uh, we, we've established how it should be told. How would we tell it now? <laughs> okay, so now here's where we get into yeah. the weird stuff. Yeah. Um, I guess we would probably add some of those changes that we already talked about. Yeah, like, he, he has that kind of almost extrasensory, super sensitive, uh, you know, to the environment around him. And I would almost make it, like... Yeah, we can keep that earlier scene where he's throwing a knife, and you know, yeah. like that. I would make it ridiculous by the end, like so ridiculous that it almost stretches the bounds of what reality. Is, yeah, what is plausible? Like I want it to be where he's uh, he's standing, you know, he's at this villa, yeah. and he's like doing all this tracking stuff, and like you know, it's a him versus the big bad guy, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Him and Lupo are fighting, you know, his his daughter's dead, you know, from all the, the stuff from before, and he's he's dead to rights, like you know, yeah. the bad guys got him beat, and he does his little whoosh thing, and it kind of goes up the stairs of the villa, it goes you know around the corner uh -huh. of the bedroom, through like a window, and then up the mountainside and everything like that, and what he does is like. You know, it goes to the top of the mountain to the trees, and then you know, and then he what he does when it gets back is he kind of like flicks a uh, a pebble, and a pebble like bounces and you know lands one place, and it starts like this Rube, Rube Goldberg, Goldberg yeah <laughs> chain reaction, so that at the top of the mountain a rock comes, you know, a giant boulder comes sliding down and lands right on the bad guy. I I, I want it to be something uh, that that it's not fully resolved. Like, it, it takes the entire duration of the, the movie. Like, uh, at the beginning of the movie, uh, he, he, like, uh, throws, like, he's chopping carrots, and he yeah. throws a knife that cuts a string, and that leads to, uh, events. Even though he doesn't know the bad stuff is gonna happen yet. Like, he, it already starts off the chain of events, and, uh, you know, and eventually, you know, from... Uh, throughout the movie, it cuts back to the cha different chains of events. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking the same thing once you started going with that. Although, I would almost want him to do it on purpose. Like, he takes the knife and he puts it down. Or, he yeah, takes the carrots and he gets done. Then he, like... You just see his eyes, like, going back and forth, like he's thinking real hard. Like, he, his eyes, he squints. Like, you know, he's, he's, like, he just looks left and right real quick, like, like, like he's, uh, like, he's doing REM, yeah. you know? Like, or, or, or you have the, uh, Peter Parker hair, hairs on his arms, kind of, like, <laughs> uh, lift up. Yeah, just a little bit, and then he, he takes, like, the one end of the carrot, and you just see him, like, moving it back and forth, left and right, as if he's, like, trying to get the exact positioning down, 
and then he just throws it out the window and it like knocks down a pebble yeah. and then like every now and again it cuts back to some other weird stuff going on and then at the end it all comes together where he you know it crushes the bad guy with that boulder yeah you know like where he he kind of knew there was going to be something and it was more instinct at that point than anything else. Like, but it, you know, the as you cut back, the, uh, the the things that are occurring are are more and more ridiculous. Mm-hmm, of like course. one of them's a, a mannequin driving a tractor. You know, just <laughs> something absolutely ludicrous. I was gonna say that, like, at one point, it's a. Uh, <laughs> It's like a, you know, a snowblower or something is going by and it like runs over a snowman and like one piece of uh, the coal eye or something <laughs> goes flying off and lands on like a button and that starts, uh, that starts a, like a turbine. <laughs> and yeah. then we just cut away knowing that's going to lead yeah. to something else. We don't know what it is. And then it cuts back and it's a turtle riding on the back of a cheetah. <laughs> And then the cheetah stops, and the turtle, you know, rolls down, spins, and like its tail flicks like a a uh, log or something, and the log <laughs> slowly rolls down a hill. <laughs> and, and then, you know, then it goes back to Dolph doing what he does. Yeah, and then like it cuts, the story. Yeah. Then it cuts back to Antarctica, where these archaeologists are digging up the remnants of some ancient civilization, <laughs> and uh, like uh, some. A bird uh, that that some uh, albatross, uh, you know, lands like a doofus over some uh, uh, some artifact, and it activates ancient technology, which sends a beam uh, to the sun and blacks you know blacks out uh, the sun. I, I, I wasn't thinking of that nature. I was thinking more um, like. It goes to Antarctica where, you know, like, a guy's, you know, they're digging with pickaxe or something. It's like a hot spring. And it blows the guy's head, you know, like his face. And he screams. And then you just see the the ripples of his shout just go (laughs) on and on and on throughout the world. I like yours better. Reaches back to Italy. (laughs) It reaches, like, uh, the the screams uh, spook some local... uh, Local uh, whales. There's no whale elk in Antarctica. Oh, I thought you meant in Italy. (laughs) Uh, Like spook some local whales, which uh, you know caused the entire pod to swim northward. You know, northward uh, towards the Mediterranean. (laughs) And then, like you know, when you do some more story stuff, and then it cuts back to uh, it cuts back to like you know an elk or something running. You know, through Italy, and it kind of runs through the flashback of the the, the father and young <laughs> Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. You know, yeah. runs in their background, and then you know, cuts you know, keeps on going. And, and it's running away from all these beached whales that that have uh, <laughs> that have uh, just run ashore. And uh, it cut, and then uh, you know, it's Dolph doing. You know, more Dolph stuff. And uh, I think I know how it's going to end, too. Yeah. After this, this whole string of stuff, like, Dolph is, you know, he's punched, he's, you know, beaten, and um, the bad guys, they kind of want to, like, you know, do this, the typical bad guy thing yeah. of, uh, like, you know, what does he know? Like, he doesn't, let's just kill him. Like, no, how did he find us, you know? Yeah. So they throw him in a prison because they think that one of the people in their villa has talked to the cops, is working yeah. with the cops or something. So they take him in there, they, you know, they rough him up a little bit, even maybe get like a, a badass like torture scene where he's yeah. like, you know, who do you work for? Batman or something <laughs> like that. And then they leave and they shut the door and they, they latch it from outside. And then at the end of this, like, you know, we cut back to all the stuff, you know, happening and it leads to like a butterfly coming in the window, knocking down a broom and unlatching the door. And that's how I, he escapes. I, I, I was going to say, 
Uh, I, 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 like, mine was the same thing, like, it was, uh, him escaping. Yeah. But mine was the original carrot. It comes through <laughs> and then lodges into the keyhole. <laughs> and then, you know, then yeah, that's it. That, he's, he's free now. Yeah. Batman. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, then he beats the Yeah, that... Yeah, that would that would be that would be awesome. You know, to be fair, I would be so invested <laughs> in that ridiculous chain of events. Yeah. Like, it's not just a Rube Goldberg machine. This is a global Rube Goldberg. <laughs> it's, it's a Rube Goldberg event. I was gonna say the same exact thing. <laughs> and like, I would actually be more in invested in the B-roll than yeah. the actual thing that's going on. Yeah, I'd be more invested in the Rube Goldberg event than I would be in the Dolph Lundgren story <laughs> because. Yeah, I, it's you know we we made it silly, but it's also just it's a guy you know a guy going after you know a bad guy to kill. Uh, you know, and that's the thing, family. like we've seen the bad guy revenge trip. Even if you do something cool, like throw his daughter in you know to the mix, and yeah. like we've seen this story before. But I've never seen a movie where there is a global Rube Goldberg thing that leads to such a. I mean, yeah, it, it's the only thing that it's the thing that saves him and helps him yeah. you know win the day. But it's not a huge. You know, payoff. It's just the door comes unlocked. <laughs> but yeah. you know, he, he wouldn't have gotten unlocked anyway. Uh, I know, and he knew he, somehow, in, on an instinctual yeah. level, he knew. Like he didn't know the exact specifics of it, but he knew that throwing that 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 uh, calibrating that carrot to the exact yeah. perfect thing to throw at was the right thing to do. It was something he had to do. But in, you know, in the meantime, there were dams that burst, and <laughs> you know, villages, and uh, you know, entire. Uh, Entire uh, countries have gone, you know, have resulted in a civil war. <laughs> there are, you know, at the end of this, there are hundreds of thousands dead or injured yeah. at the end of his Rube Goldberg event, you know, because it's almost like the stars all had to align. Because you know, he had to throw his carrot. Yeah, be, um, I mean, to be fair, he had to get the end result. He didn't care yeah. about the in between, he didn't really know about the in between. But uh, the in between didn't matter. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it may have it may have altered the course of all these people's <laughs> lives. But he needed that door open. You know, from his perspective, he threw a carrot, and then it just ended up in the keyhole. <laughs> and he doesn't question it because you know he he kind of he kind of knew you know yeah, he, he kind of knew, knew something was going to come of yeah, it. Yeah, he knew that carrot was going to end up where it needed to be. Yeah, he he knew that he was you know throwing that carrot was was going to help him out of a jam at yeah. some point, yeah. and. Yeah, it, it's almost like that Fringe episode where, you know, the guy just knew every eventuality uh, of everything that would happen. Yeah, he, like, he he was so super smart that uh, he, he can plan out uh, every event down to the minus minutia. Yeah, like... Uh, that was an interesting character. I, I kind of wish uh, they brought him back. Uh, he's, 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 his brain is goop by now. Uh, they just kind of left him in front of a computer screen staring at it. He was too smart for the world. Anyway, we can't. We shouldn't go yeah, into that yeah, here. We'll probably do Fringe season three in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we, um, yeah, we have to. Didn't yeah. we do that already? Nope, we did season two. Oh, which will probably be released uh, soon here. Yeah. By the time this episode comes out, um, Fringe season two's should be out by yeah. then. Yeah, but uh, so it, this is more of a a, a retrospective of yeah. the Fringe season two episode. But anywho, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, and. Uh, Let's see. Now, uh, I was talking about this when we were watching the movie. Yeah. Um, is that Dolph Lundgren, for you know all intents and purposes, he's not a terrible actor. He has done 
decent roles before. Yeah, he has. Like, I mean, Ivan Drago, it was kind of, you know, very well, one yeah. note. Yeah. But, um, it was fine. Like, I, I liked him as, like, a... As a kind of a, a unhinged bad guy in Universal Soldier, yeah, just just kind of an you know an unmovable object. And you know, I do think that in Universal Soldier, it was probably a role he probably liked the most because he could just let loose and have fun. Yeah, you know? and he did. Yeah, and it was great, you know. Um, but like in this, he was just uh, like I said, he was just stumbling around like the Frankenstein, <laughs> and he was miserable the entire time. And it's like you know, don't be wrong. I get this as a revenge trip. I, now, I don't know if he lived in Italy or if he was just kind of coming back every 10 years hey. to be like, hey, this is my wife died. <laughs> they, they did not establish anything about him other than he hunts things. And they didn't even really establish that. They established that he's hunted things once in his yeah. life, at least. Like, they, they established that his father wanted to, wanted to teach him that at one point. And, you know, this kind of is reminiscent of um, another aging action star, that we've seen a lot of movies of recently, yeah. uh, which is um, uh, Steven Seagal. Oh man, we, you know, me and Britain kind of uh, when we're not when we're not watching movies for all this stuff. Um, we we do this for luxury. Yeah, yeah. we will we watch bad movies yeah. or good movies just for fun. Yeah, because we we, we, we rag on them. Yeah, we just we enjoy riffing them. Yeah, like we were. We tore this movie a new asshole, like, yeah, like from the get go. Like we didn't, we just didn't stop making fun of this movie because it was a bad movie. It, and that's exactly why we, what we liked it, about it. It gave us nothing but fodder. <laughs> it was just bad decision uh -huh. after bad decision. But like, yeah, um, uh, Steven Seagal has been in a slew of action movies recently where he just sits on his ass for most of the time or travels around in his hover round and <laughs> like every every now and again like maybe at the end of the movie he'll get up for a very basically choreographed fight sequence yeah a, a fight sequence that is that is uh, filmed so close to him that uh, that you can't really tell that it's a lazy action sequence like a action sequence where you know it's all top up so you just assume he's doing it in his chair yeah and and then that's it. And this movie kind of reeked of that kind of action movie. Oh, even worse, actually, because there really was no action in it. Yeah, there was. Not, it was, you know, Dolph Lundgren kind of Mr. Magooing around, you know, in order to find uh, people that we didn't know who they were. And like, I don't think he did either. Like, there was really no motivation for what he was doing, at least in the detective uh, storyline. Like, the detective was trying to solve this cold case that was yeah. 10 years old of uh, the murder of Dolph Lundgren's wife, you know, and kid, I guess. So, like, th this is this is almost established, like, this is at least the motivation yeah. for this detective, where he's a new detective on the beat. Uh, Dolph Lundgren kind of asks him for help by accident. He starts investigating the case, and at the end, he winds up at the same villa that Dolph Lundgren's at. Yeah. And completely surprised that Dolph Lundgren's there. He's like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing here? <laughs> Uh, revenge, uh, revenge, you know. What are you doing here? I was just following up on this case. I met this. I met this weird guy uh -huh. at this uh, weird conspiracy board. Uh huh. Yeah, I met him too. Yeah, we're buds. Oh. Well, I guess you want to team up. No. I guess. All right. And then they team up, and then they win, and that's the yeah, movie. It's. So uh, part of me wonders if, if we weren't ragging on this movie, maybe we uh maybe we would have noticed a few more plot points, but. Yeah, perhaps. Maybe we had the the subtitles on so we could read what's going uh, on. Well, we, oh, well, we did. It was half of it was in Italian. Maybe yeah, that was true. maybe that was the problem. Is that uh, 
No, no, no that wasn't, that wasn't I, I, I can't, I can't think it's a problem because even in the beginning when he's tracking his wife down, like there's not a word of dialogue that's yeah. spoken until there's some that weird old man's like, oh, I'm sick, I need help, and then he escapes. That's right. I, I, that's right. I did ask that. Like, has there been a word of spoken dialogue? Like, and no, not at all. And that, and like, so we can't have missed a plot point that wasn't even told to yeah. us, you know. And I have a feeling that. The rest of the movie was kind of the same way. Like maybe it was it was uh, recorded on like that uh, high pitched sound that dogs can hear, <laughs> and the dogs can follow along, or they would if they you know could understand. Like, and, like I don't think there was a single dog in the movie, so they were probably upset about that. They were waiting for the dog to come in. Like, there's got to be a dog in this fucking movie. Come know, on. That's right. There were no dogs. Like no that, dog. That, that is a crime. Like we couldn't even have. You, you couldn't even say that this movie at least provided a moment of dog. <laughs> like, a moment of seeing a dog. Like, ooh, look at dog! What a good dog. Yeah, you, you, we didn't have that in the movie. We yeah. had to say, oh, look at the good caribou or wherever it was. <laughs> oh, that's a cool deer, I guess. I didn't even say that. I don't care about deer. I have zero emotion. Zero yeah. empathy. I, I've never had a pet deer before, so I guess I don't have any... Uh, I, I guess I don't know the love of a deer. <laughs> oh, what is this, a deer? Oh, good, I'm gonna get ticks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, it's eating all my grass. <laughs> I really wanted that. Good, just all they are just rats with antlers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to, you gotta keep a leash on it, or else it'll run right into the middle of the road and, 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 <laughs> and into a school. Yeah, like, we don't, <laughs> we don't want that. We gotta, you know. I try to keep it in the backyard, but it keeps on getting spooked and running uh, into the fence. I had deers in my walls one day, and they wouldn't get out. They would just stomp all over the place and then ruin the wiring. Uh, it's like, you know how hard it is to clean up hoof prints? <laughs> it's like, oh, what, do they, what do they have on their damn hooves? Like, tar? I don't know. <laughs> it's like they step in mud on purpose to, to track it in. And it's like it's hard because they, they sink in pretty deep. It's not mm -hmm. like a kid or a dog. Like you can mop, you, you can just kind of clean carpet clean that pretty easy. Yeah. Just spray some uh, but they, carpet fresh and it's fine. But they don't understand to wipe their feet. <laughs> at least not until they're in the house. And I swear they never cross at the stupid crossing. We put one out <laughs> right there for them. And where do they cross? Where do they cross? At the intersection. <laughs> Why are they crossing there? Uh, it's like they want to be hit. <laughs> you know how many lawsuits? I've had to, you know, I've had to settle out of court for because they just run in front of people. Uh, some dumb deer coming in with his neck collar trying to think, you know, <laughs> trying to pretend that he's injured. You we have the defendant. Bu Bucky McBuxin. He claims that he ran into a school and somebody shot him with a dart. I don't know. <laughs> he is he is suing for $10,000 in damages. $10,000 in corn husks. <laughs> and here's the defendant, a skunk. The skunk claims that he never went to that school and doesn't even know who the deer is. He's countersuing for $4 billion in... Uh, in rat pellets. <laughs> Get out of my court. <laughs> Please leave. <laughs> and then the deer just freaks out and just stomps everything. <laughs> Starts kicking yeah. everything. Because <laughs> it's a deer and he doesn't understand where he is. And he feels threatened. And the, the skunk starts shouting and spraying on the yeah. judge. And I imagine the judge is, of course, wearing a powdered wig. Of course. And a monocle. And when the, when the skunk sprays him, he screams, he pounds his gavel, and the monocle falls out. <laughs> and I also imagine his face is kind of, like, chalky white. 
like one of the like like the Scarlet Pimpernel or something. Oh, really? Because I, I kind of imagined he was like this really, really kind of round, beat red uh, people. <laughs> like, like his his blood pressure is always oh. dangerously too high. He's almost like the judge from Ghostbusters too, or or from the Wall. <laughs> <laughs> Tear down the skunk! Tear down the skunk! Okay, so we have uh, radically different ideas of who our judge is. Yeah, like, uh, you know, yours is uh, just this ghoulish old man, and mine is a talking asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that, I, guess uh, I, I guess that sums it up. So it's. Uh, so it, that, was, that was a bit of that was a bit of a side track. Yeah, I was gonna. Well, it's that, that's a point. Uh, of the show. It, it, yeah. And, and also, we had to do something like the, the deer provided nothing. Yeah, there, there was there was nothing, there was nothing in this in this movie that was done well. Though I will yeah. uh, submit a question to you, Go or on. like, I don't want to end this podcast until we both say one word of praise to this movie about this movie. Uh, uh really think hard. Cause right, I, I think I have one. You have one? All right. Yeah, actually, no, that's not right. I was gonna say it was. Uh, at least, uh, visually shot well, but then I was no. thinking of that, uh, that's, you know, the driving scene. Where he's not uh, colored. W where it, like, they had so little light on him that they had to, to boost it, and it just looks like he's, Digital. Uh, yeah. It looks like he was, like, in the lawnmower, man. Yeah, it, it looks like, you know, it looked like, it looked like, uh, when you wanted to watch the you know, the Disney Channel, but you didn't have the Disney Channel. You would just see the snow. <laughs> he had a little scrambled. Uh... Yeah, and that's what it looked like. There was so little light, and then he would pass under a lamp, and it would look like oh, it's in color now. I so I can't say. Uh, the, the, the sound, no, the sound quality wasn't good either. No, because, not at all. Uh, you know, there was a scene where he was talking to the fat man, and it sounded like the you know the fat man was clear. Uh, but, you know, Dolph Lundgren's mic sounded like it was in the, you know, one of the other apartments. Okay, I, I think I might have one. Okay. Um, right, this is debatable, so we'll, we'll see. I okay. might have to think about another one, but there was a scene where the cop drops a grenade uh -huh. into this, like, I guess, weapons armory, and there was an explosion with people jumping, and I think okay. that the explosion, uh, I mean, I'm sure it was probably CGI, but I, I couldn't tell it was CGI. And there was... Actually, no, that's a terrible one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are you talking uh, I know, about? I know, I know. Okay, I think I got one. I think okay. I got one. Okay. There was one interesting moment in the movie. Uh-huh. When they shot this guy in front of the monitor full of screens, and the bullet went through his head and, and hit the screen and turned it off. Like, it broke the, the, the screen behind him. I, I guess that was interesting. Th that that was the... Listen, judging, you know, grading on a curve, yeah. that was the, the most... The, the coolest thing the movie provided. A bullet going through somebody and breaking a TV <laughs> and causing property damage. Like, if Lupo survived, he would be like, Oh, damn it, now I gotta fix this TV. <laughs> TVs aren't free, you know. Um, let's see. My job is done. So, if I... What, a thing of praise... Yeah, one, one just one, one little thing, thing of praise. One thing of praise. Uh, I, I, I guess Dolph Lundgren had a nice scarf in that one scene. Okay. You know what? That's fine. Dolph Lundgren. Uh, <laughs> he, he knows his scarves. He, he had. A, he seemed to be a stylish guy in this. He even drank tea out of a little teacup and put his little <laughs> pinky up and everything. His little dainty teacup. Yeah. So, okay. Yours was. <laughs> we, 
yours was one, mine was one, so... Yeah, okay, I, I, I think I, we, I, uh... Yeah, I can't think of anything... Anything else. Yeah, this movie didn't really provide a lot except for just... Didn't provide a lot of positive moments, but it did sure provide a lot of riffing material. Oh my goodness, if, if that is your... If that is your cup of dainty tea, uh, then definitely go for it. Yeah, if, if for some reason, us uh, freezing, if for some reason watching um, aging action stars <laughs> um, just do nothing is just kind of something that you, you really like, which I guess is something we really like yeah. because I mean, we've seen a lot of them. Yeah, it makes us feel better. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> ha, I can run faster than Dolph Lundgren at 63. <laughs> It's like, I wouldn't need to stop for as many breaks as this guy. No, it looked like he had, like I said like I said before, he had this shambling man of a, bad, of a person with a bad back. Yeah, that's true. So if that's kind of your cup of tea, then... Uh, you like seeing old men in pain? Then, then like we do, then, <laughs> uh, then go for it. But, uh, yeah, the tracker. It was... Uh, baffling. A yeah. baffling film uh, kind of... Uh, a little bit, you know, a little bit. It was, it was a bit incoherent in what uh, it, it, was, it was trying to tell us, and you know, definitely could have uh, done much better. The best way I can describe this movie was: Have you ever heard a mm -hmm. a rambling story from? I don't even want to say a raving derelict, just somebody who doesn't really know how to tell a story. Maybe you're at a yeah. party or something, or you're hanging out with friends, and you just have. One friend who really doesn't know how to tell a story. Like, they can't stay focused on yeah. one thing for long enough. It kind of goes nowhere. They'll start talking, and they're like, Oh, wait, that reminds me. Uh, there's a, uh, you know, there, there's a, there's a thing over there. You know, like if, if someone just yeah. doesn't know how to tell a story, like, that is the visual equivalent of this movie. So, if, uh, if you want to watch it just to kind of... See, wow! I this is the most baffling piece of entertainment I've ever seen. Yeah. Then, no, I still don't recommend it. No, yeah. it's not a movie I recommend. Is the the long and the short of it? I don't recommend it for for someone who is not uh, capable of watching it in the the style that we do. Yeah. Like if you don't like bad movies, or even if you like bad movies, but you're still uh, like if the worst movie you've ever seen is The Room. Um, yeah. This might not be for you because it's a that's a steep cliff to go off. Of. This is uh, this is advanced level watching. Yeah, advanced level bad movie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I really think that that's gonna do it. Yeah, I think we covered everything yeah. at least as far as I'm willing to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, I guess that's it, everybody. A toodaloo. That old soapies. <laughs>